Welcome to The Word, a weekly podcast from Maggie Valley United Methodist Church in Maggie Valley, North Carolina, in the heart of the Smoky Mountains. Here now is Reverend Ann Duncan for this week's Word. Much of the joy of Christmas is in the anticipation and preparation. If I was to wake you tomorrow morning with a phone call, wishing you a Merry Christmas, you would be quick to tell me, it's not Christmas yet. You would tell me it's too soon and you're not ready. You haven't finished all of your preparations. You haven't fully anticipated the day. In a sense, everybody makes preparations for Christmas. We prepare our home by hanging wreaths and decorating trees. We buy gifts and wrap them in beautiful paper. We plan and attend parties. We bake cookies and pies. We deliver small tokens of appreciation to our mail carrier and our children's teachers. All of these preparations are important. They are some of the great joys of the Christmas season. Our scripture lesson this morning instructs us to prepare and be ready for our Lord Jesus Christ. We are called to prepare our hearts and lives to welcome Jesus. The idea that one must prepare for the coming of the Lord is nothing new. The entire focus of Advent, the season leading up to Christmas, centers upon the preparation and anticipation of the birth of Christ. But in preparing for the birth, we often overlook the one who actually paved the way, and that one is John the Baptist. This morning, we continue our sermon series on John. Last week, we looked closely at his conception and birth. We heard about his father, Zechariah, and his mother, Elizabeth. We learned that if God heard the ordinary couple's prayer for a child, then God, too, hears our prayers. This morning, John is all grown up. As foretold before his birth, John lived his early years in the wilderness. He never cut his hair, lived in the wild, ate off the land, and dressed with animal skin. He spent years in the wilderness preparing for the time to begin his ministry. Accordingly, when John steps out of the wilderness in today's text, He was wearing some garment made of animal skin. It was a camel skin. He was unshorn and unshaven, and remnants of his natural diet, wild honey and bits of locust, lingered in his beard. As John begins preaching, we hear how the prophet calls us from the hustle and bustle of our daily lives and turns our focus on the one greater than him who was coming. John prepares out of the wilderness to call us into preparation. So I invite you to hear the words from John today. I am reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. So hear now this word of God. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iturea and Traconitus, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Anus and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. 
He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. John the Baptist was a real man who lived in an actual place and specific time. He is not a fictional character. Luke goes to great lengths to tell us this. Luke begins the chapter with a long list of names. Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, Herod Tetrarch, or Governor of Galilee, his brother Philip, Tetrarch of Iturea and Traconitus, and Lysanias, Tetrarch of Abilene, and finally the high priest Annas and Caiaphas. It was during that particular time in history that the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah. Now, normally we modern readers of scripture tend to skip the genealogies and historical references found in the Bible because we don't know who those people are. But all of these men mentioned in Luke, everyone from Caesar, Pilate, Herod, Philip, Lysanias, Annas, and Caiaphas were earthly rulers. They were rulers in the Roman Empire. Now, aside from providing us as readers with a chronological framework for the ministry of John the Baptist, meaning we know exactly what years and in what places he lived, these names are provided for another reason. Luke is telling us that there are formidable powers that John, and later Jesus, will face. Luke is also telling us that in the face of all the earthly power held by men, someone has come with more power. Someone has come with power from God. Luke is telling us that these seven named men with much authority were nothing compared with the impact Christ will have on the world. Every earthly ruler wants to be remembered long past his or her death, but we know Jesus is the one who affected and changed all of history. And John the Baptist is preparing people for that world changer for Jesus Christ. Knowing who was in power when John the Baptist began his ministry helps us to more fully appreciate the courage of the rugged man who dared to shake up the world. Against all of those rulers stood John, son of Zechariah. But John had something special. He had the power of God. John brought forth the gospel news in the midst of all earthly powers in the world. Now, at first glance, John's marketing techniques in preparing people for the Messiah seem uh, rather poor. As I've already mentioned, he stayed in the wilderness where he was raised, away from the city, the crowds. He did not dress like other people or eat the same foods. How in the world was he to attract people to hear his message? He almost seemed determined to fail. But the Gospels tell us that people from all over the region came to hear John's message. So while John the Baptist was indeed a strange man, he had a strong and powerful word. 
Perhaps they remembered how Moses once stepped out of the wilderness before delivering God's people from Egypt. Perhaps they sensed John was a prophet. So what was the strong, powerful message John delivered? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. Get ready. The one who is to come is almost here. Like a herald proclaiming the arrival of a king, John prepared the hearts and minds of those who came to hear his message. John quotes Isaiah in his instructions. Listen again to Isaiah's familiar words. In the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. The call to make paths straight and the rough ways smooth describes preparations for a royal visit. Before a king traveled to distant lands, roads and bridges were improved for the journey. Prophets Isaiah and John are telling us that the word of the Lord will fill valleys and level mountains, straighten out what is crooked, smooth over the rough places, all in order to build a direct path by which God can bring us God's love and mercy. And how is God going to bring us that love and mercy? Through Jesus Christ. Are we ready this morning for a royal visit? Are our roads straight and smooth? Or could we use a little road work? Do we need to put up a sign under construction in front of our own lives in order to be ready for Jesus? Think for a moment. What are the valleys and low places in your life? Worry, grief, depression, doubt. What are the mountains? Pride, prejudice, fear, selfishness. We need to fill our valleys with trust in Jesus. We need to bring low our mountains of vanity and hate so that we can make room for Jesus. We are also called to make crooked places straight. We need to challenge the temptations in our lives that lure us away from God. We need to push back the trivial things that fill our hearts and minds and instead seek Jesus. We're being told that we need to take steps, concrete steps, to deal with any major issue that we are facing. We need to make rough ways smooth. That means we need to forgive those who have hurt us and refuse to allow what has happened to us control our lives. We need to ask for forgiveness when we have harmed others. And we need to make sure there is enough time to spend with those whom we care about. We do not need all the distractions that keep us from our true destination. During Advent, and really at all times, we need to slow down and focus on the coming of the Lord. Something needs to happen inside of us before Christ comes again. We are called to prepare the way for Jesus. Now, I am not saying that preparing the way is easy. It is perhaps easier said than done. When I lived in Boston, Massachusetts during seminary, I witnessed the construction of the most expensive highway project in United States history. The project, some of you may have heard of it, is called the Big Dig. 
It involved building a buried highway through the heart of Boston in order to relieve traffic congestion. The highway is only three and a half miles in length, but after being completed eight years behind schedule and costing $20 billion over the original proposal, the new tunnels now help people get where they're going very quickly and easily. It's not easy to take on such a gigantic project, but perhaps that is such a project that I'm calling you to today. Maybe you need to do just a little repaving. Perhaps you have valleys and mountains in your life that need to be filled, to be brought low. You have roads that need to be straightened and smooth. But I have faith today that you can do it, and you can do it with God in your life, and you can start today. I open the sermon talking about how we prepare our homes and our families for Christmas. Those are all wonderful preparations, but we must also prepare our hearts and lives. We don't know how much the wise men paid for their gifts, much less if they found them on sale. We don't know how much time was invested by the shepherds to ready their sheep and head over to see the newborn in a manger. But the wise men and the shepherds all went to see Jesus for one reason, and one reason only, to worship and adore him. They prepared the way by not being distracted by the clutter in their lives. Out of all the stars that filled the sky, the wise men only followed one. And indeed, the sheep had to be set aside for a moment, so the angels could go and see what the angels sang of. John the Baptist's message was to prepare people for Jesus' arrival on the scene. John is speaking again to us today, calling us to prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ. This is not a threat or a grim warning. This is a wonderful, grace-filled invitation. An invitation for you to prepare for Christ to be born anew in you, to make Jesus the priority, the number one focus in your life. So how will you prepare the day? How will you prepare the way for Jesus? My prayer for us today is that when we sing on Christmas Eve or even Christmas morning, joy to the world, the Lord has come, we will sing with renewed intensity that the earth does indeed receive her King and that every heart will prepare him room. Thanks be to God. Amen. This has been The Word, the weekly podcast from Maggie Valley United Methodist Church. If you'd like to support the church in all of its outreach, please visit our website at www.maggieumc.org forward slash donate.